0: Hi, my name's Josh, and I'm so glad that you're joining us on our Grace Church podcast. At Grace Church, we are all about knowing God and reflecting His way. I hope this sermon will do just that, by feeding your mind with the knowledge of God and engaging your heart to live a life reflecting His grace and truth. Well, if you haven't heard it yet, Happy Easter. So glad that you are here today. I want to look for a little bit at our reading, our gospel reading in John chapter 20. And I want to begin by noting that life seems to have a way of killing dreams, which may sound like a harsh thing to say, but what I've noticed is that we typically start out our life with some high hopes, hopes for our schooling and for our career, for our family, for our retirement years. We have plans and aspirations and expectations, but plans fall through. People let us down. We let ourselves down. And one day, we realize that life isn't living up to the dreams that we thought it would after all. And we find ourselves in a place that we never expected to be. As I was thinking about this, I was reminded of the Broadway musical Les Mis, and the the, the, uh, character Fontaine as she sings this powerful song about the hopeless place in life as she has been left with a child alone, Cosette, and she has to take this daughter and leave it in the care of cruel and crooked innkeepers. And when it's discovered that her child has been had out of wedlock, she's thrown out of her job, she's thrown onto the streets, she's forced to sell her hair and her teeth and then her body in order to pay for Cassette's care. She's falsely accused of crimes, and then placed under arrest. And on top of all of this, she is desperately ill. It's in that dark place that she sings, I dreamed a dream in days gone by. Now life has killed the dream I dreamed. Now hopefully none of us are in that desperate of a place. But we've all had dreams that haven't come true the way we wanted them to. We've all found ourselves in places we never expected to be. We know how it feels to be disappointed, discouraged, to feel like hope is gone. And if that's not true for you right now, then it's true for somebody you know, maybe somebody that you love. To which all of, this, all of which you're probably right now saying, well, happy Easter to you, Father Jonathan. <laughs> Hang on, I have a plan. This is going somewhere, so stay with me. Maybe you just thought Easter was about bunnies and chicks and new clothes and a new lease on life, but that's not where it begins. Easter begins at a grave with a woman weeping. So let's begin our journey there in that dark place where scripture leads us to a place of hope. Now, as we've already read in John 20, we see that Mary has made this trip to the tomb once before this morning. She and another woman went to the tomb to uh, prepare the body, and they found it empty. And then she hurries back to share that news with the disciples. Two of the disciples decide to run out and go see for themselves. Mary follows them back again, but this time when she arrives they've already turned around and started heading home and Mary's left at the open tomb it's emptiness staring her in the face she did the only thing left to do she cried I totally get it now who is this Mary that we're talking about there are all kinds of legends about her traditions dating back to the 8th century identify her as the prostitute that we read about in Luke 7 who anointed Jesus' feet with tears, but there's nothing in Scripture to support that idea. Maybe you're a fan of the rock opera Jesus Christ Superstar who portrays her as this sensuous woman torn between religious devotion and romantic attraction. Maybe you like the Da Vinci Code where Mary becomes Jesus' wife, the mother of his child and the leader of the church after his death, but nah. None of those things are true. None of those have, have actually any portrayal in Scripture that are real. What we are told about Mary is that she was one of several women who became followers of Jesus and supported him in his ministry. We're also told that Jesus delivered her from seven demons. We don't know what her possession looked like, but we know from other biblical accounts that that such people were usually locked up or turned out to the streets to live on their own. So whatever her past had been, Jesus had delivered her. He would set her free from those dark forces, and she had found life again, a life centered on him. But now suddenly, very tragically, he's gone. The man who gave her this new life has died, and now on top of that, His grave has been robbed. So when the angelic figure asks her, why are you crying? It must have sounded like the most ridiculous question. question, Because why wouldn't she be crying? Jesus was gone. This man who meant so much to her is no longer there. But she answers it anyway. She says, they've taken my Lord away and I don't know where they put him. Notice how she speaks of him as a person. Not they've taken the body away, but they've taken my Lord away. Her teacher, her savior, the one who had given her life back. After years of torment, she had begun to again dream of the good things that could happen in her life for her, for her future, for her community. But life, like it does so many times, kill that dream again so would the demons come back and haunt her what was she going to do with her life who would she be what would her future hold without jesus she might have well said you have taken my hope away and i don't know where you have put it hope i love hope but what is hope Is it wishful thinking? Is it naive optimism? I hope it doesn't rain today, we say. I hope the economy bounces back. I hope this sermon doesn't go too long. Sorry. (laughs) The poet Emily, Emily Dickinson tells us that hope is the thing with feathers that perches in the soul. That sounds neat. I have no idea what it means. The dictionary tells us that hope... Is a desire with the expectation of fulfillment that a desire with the expectation of fulfillment so hope is this desire of something good but more than that this confidence this expectation that it's going to happen and without that expectation hope is just a wish and wishes they tend not to come true but when we hope for something. We're actually counting on it to some degree. So hope is more than a word. Hope is the spi- hope is to the spirit like oxygen is to the body. Without it, we die. When a team loses hope, they're going to lose the game. When investors lose hope, the stock market crashes. When a hospital patient loses hope, death is not far away. We can read of accounts of folks who have been in the holocaust and survived and they have told us that lots of prisoners in the camps would die just after christmas because they were hoping to be freed and when they weren't freed by christmas they would give up hope and quit living hope needs a reason something or someone that can change the trajectory that we're on take us in a new direction Hope must have a reason, because without it, hope is just wishful thinking. All of which is to say, Mary had no reason to hope that morning. No reason to hope. She expected to find nothing more than a corpse, a body badly in need of spices. Remember, she's already been to the tomb once. She already heard the angel say he is risen, and she wasn't buying it, because she had watched him die. She saw him laid to rest. As far as she was concerned, it's over. People don't come back to life, particularly ones that die in front of you. The empty tomb did not speak to her of resurrection at all. So she did what we all do when we go to a fresh grave. She wept because there was nothing else to do. And then, right there, Is Jesus standing right in front of her, but she doesn't realize it. Woman, he says, Why are you crying? Who is it that you're looking for? And thinking that it's the gardener, she of course says, Sir, if you've carried him away, tell me where you put him and I will get him. She doesn't see Jesus. Maybe it's the tears. Maybe it was the dim morning light. Probably it was the fact that his appearance has changed, as we know from other accounts. And I love that Jesus doesn't say to her, ta-da, it's me. He, He doesn't say, hey, stop crying. It's all good, woman. He meets her where she is. He asks her to tell him about it. He listens as she explains what has happened yet once again. Have you ever noticed with folks who are grieving that they need to tell you why they're grieving? How they they got to that place of grief? That's what Mary does. And let's give Mary credit for the fact that she stays in the moment. Because look what the other two disciples do. I hate to say it, but they they do the very typical guy thing. First, they race to the tomb. Then they barge right in. They find it empty. They leave the clothes just lying there, kind of like... Guys who leave their clothes outside the hamper. They decide there's nothing to be done here, let's go get some breakfast, and they leave. But Mary stays, and she meets Jesus there. And there's this lesson for us who want to share hope with other people in our lives. Let me encourage you not to rush good news. When someone's hurting, when they're discouraged, when they're grieving, Nobody needs happy talk. We don't need religious cliches. Everything's gonna happen for a reason. They're in a better place. What doesn't kill you will make you stronger is not helpful. Grief is real. Loss is painful. Unemployment stinks. Relationships will break your heart. And we need to say so. We need to feel it. And if someone in your world is hurting, if you want to share hope with them the best thing you can do is allow them to tell you how they got there and then sit long enough to listen to it and that's what jesus does for mary but when she's ready he very gently very personally reveals himself to her did you see how he did it he says her name mary Mary. Maybe it was something in the sound of his voice. Maybe it was the way, the inflection that he said it. But something in her heart, in her eyes, in her mind just opens up and she sees that it's him. And it's not enough for her to simply confront the evidence of the resurrection to see the empty tomb to hear the angel's announcements she needs something more personal than that she needs this encounter with jesus and of course we struggle with the same thing we need of course evidence and there is plenty of evidence of the resurrection there's the empty tomb there are written records there's biblical and non-biblical accounts of this there's the transformation of the disciples There's this great divide in human history, B.C., then A.D. There's the changed lives of the people that you know who have become Christians. But we need something more personal. Something experiential. And that's what the Lord offers Mary. Here at the tomb, suddenly he's there with her. More real, more powerful, more glorious than she ever knew him to be. And because of that, she had He had proven that he was stronger than death, stronger than evil, stronger than all the bad things that can happen in this world. You see, hope is not a what. Hope is not a when. Hope is not a why. Hope is a who. Things don't just get better because I want them to or you want them to. They get better because somebody does something. Hope is the embodiment in a person. Shareholders begin to hope in a new company because a new CEO has joined that company, maybe turned it around. Citizens hope that the new leader in their country will bring that country back and put it back on track again. The Gator Nation hopes that when we get a new coach, we will finally get a national championship again. Hope is a who? Somebody wise enough or strong enough or good enough or smart enough to get us to that better place. And Jesus Christ is that someone. His resurrection proves that he is stronger than any setback, any failure, any loss, any disappointment. Any danger that comes at night or in the day, he is stronger than all of that. So if life has a way of killing dreams... Jesus has a way of bringing them back to reality. That's not to say that we get what we want. That's not that not to say that every bad thing is magically undone. Life does not work that way. But it is to say that God can and will and does do something good in our future. Look, Mary doesn't get exactly what she wants. She wasn't going to be with Jesus the way that she had been. But She was going to be with him in a way that she never dreamed possible. And though she didn't know what her future held, she knew that it was going to be good because he had risen. And that's what hope is. Hope is the confidence that God can and will do something amazing in this life and in the life to come. So whatever circumstances you find yourself in today, whatever pain or loss or disappointment you may be dealing with, God can do something good, something great in it and wants to. I'm not trying to minimize your pain. I'm not trying to take away some evil that may have happened to you. I'm simply saying your story isn't over yet. God can and will meet you in this place, in this moment, in this church, like he met Mary in that very dark place. He's strong enough and wise enough and loving enough to do something good, something meaningful, something eternally significant right here and right now. We can find that joy and beauty, forgiveness, healing and purpose and restoration as God's reality becomes a part of our life if you acknowledge him as Lord. And in the life to come, We can look forward to reunion with those that we've lost, the restoration of all creation. We can look forward to the eternal life with God and one another that is beyond our actual imagination because he was what he said he was. Hope is not wishful thinking. It's confident living. It's facing the future knowing that God can and will do something good in this life and in the world to come. Hope is is a who so today above all days have courage have the honesty to stay in that scary place in your life and then invite Christ to come and meet you hear him say your name and if you know somebody else who is in that scary place someone who is dealing with pain or loss or disappointment share his hope with them Ask them how they're doing. Sit and listen with them. Be with them. Pray for them. Most of all, point them to Jesus. Just because life has a way of killing dreams doesn't mean it's the end. Because I know, as a Christian, all Christians should know that Jesus has a way of bringing all of us back to life in a way that is way more amazing than we could have possibly imagined. So today, have hope. Hope enough to hang around the tomb for a while. Hope to hear your name. Hope to know that this is your beginning. Look him in the face and know that he is the best and only answer, Jesus the Christ. Happy Easter. Thanks again for listening. To find out more about what's going on here at Grace Church, you can find us on Facebook, instagram on our website graceocala.org, or of course on our campus here in sunny ocala florida go in peace